You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. In a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel, DC'd every comic book series, and Frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe. This is Jasper. And this is Randy. We watched two movies. Happy Halloween. Nine more days till Halloween. Never mind. I was going to sing a song, but listen, you'd have to, you'd have to have watched Halloween three to get it. And you haven't, I should have, that's what we should have been watching. We should have just done Halloween. Halloween versus Halloween. How does Halloween and Halloween three fit into the same cinematic universe? Because Halloween three is out of continuity. In fact, the first Halloween movie is playing on TV in Halloween three. What does that mean? Well, we were going to put them together. <laughs> so, so it's going to be a you Halloween Thanksgiving then. Or club now because it'll be the first week. We already decided it's going to be Halloween every holiday. <laughs> Remember? May Day in March, baby. Was that last mo- episode maybe? Yeah. Uh, so May Day, yeah, exactly. Happy Halloween. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of horror movies. But also, anyway, the episode coming out immediately before Halloween, on the Monday before Halloween, which is a Wednesday this year, is going to be the 2018 Grolix Halloween special. It was it was fun. Yeah, we recorded it yesterday. That'll go up in one week from the day this goes out. And uh, it's got the whole Grolix family. It's got GCU boys right here. Yeah. It's also got the Grolix podcast peeps. Peeps. Which is me and Jesse and Melanie. So I was there twice. <laughs> there was, that's like two different personalities. Grolix and then GCU, Randy. They're, <laughs> they're slightly different. All xenomorphs, they were all there. So, did you have a good time? Did you yeah, have a good time? I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah, we played a game. I don't know if that game really has even a name. Actually, does it? It does. Uh, we played. We're all gonna die. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's the name of it. Uh, a little table, a little a role playing game. We did some role playing. It seems perfectly suited for both Grolix podcast and GCU audiences. If we have separate audiences, I don't know that we do because it's a tabletop game there's a D like a specifically i did some D themes in the game itself that ties into the grolix kind of nerdiness but it's also the setting is a 80s horror movie so that's very gcu yep and then the improv was on point <laughs> oh man yeah that's the best part i was the dm or the demon master in this case <laughs> like i'm not i'm not very good at it but you guys you guys made it great, super entertaining, super entertaining to listen to. You were you were those roles. You inhabited those roles. You became those people. <laughs> I, I forgot what my real name was for a little bit. <laughs> so did I. I was like, this is Connor. Connor Flash. Connor Flash. You got to listen for him. Truly born of GCU right there. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he's a, a son of GCU. Yeah. If GCU episodes got together and created a united cinematic child he'd be connor flash the only highlander 
that's also a robotic cop. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much our show. That's most of our show right there. <laughs> Sounds that's, like that's a tr- season he's one for a show sure. Mascot now, <laughs> dude. That's definitely season one. So what's season two? Season two would be like serial killers, pretty much. Some seven and horror movie monsters. That's what we've done this season. Oh, and you know, seven and horror movie monsters and homicidal drivers. That's the movies we've covered this year. Drives a car, goes to every police station, goes, it was me you're looking for. It was me. <laughs> so for this episode, what are we talking about this episode? We were talking about the 1986 Trick or Treat. And the 2015 The Devil's Candy. It's all about... Candy. Actually, your movie didn't have much to do about candy, even though it's called Trick or Treat. <laughs> that one girl gets the whole bowl of candy. That's about. I think that's actually the only time you see candy in there. Really? Yeah. The Halloween theme. It's interesting. It takes place at Halloween. It's, it's present, but anyway, the overarching theme of this double feature is horror movies, of course. And even though yours didn't wasn't necessarily Satan, it's definitely like evil voices and some type of demonic voices and stuff in both movies. And metal, metal. These are movies about metal, metal and horror. These were two movies telling you never to listen to metal music. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, we'll get into them. Which one do you want to do first? Trick or treat. You want to do trick or treat first? Yes. Okay. The overview of trick or treat is Eddie is your average 80s metal head teen. Now he's obsessed with his heavy metal superstar idol, Sammy Kerr, who is killed in a hotel fire. Eddie becomes a recipient of the only copy of Kerr's unreleased album, which when played backwards, brings Sammy back to life. As Halloween approaches, Eddie begins to realize that this isn't only rock and roll, it's life and death. It's life and death. Nice. So the screenplay is Rhett Topham, or Toham? T-O-P-H-A-M, like top and ham. Topham? Topham? I don't know. Screenplay by Rhett Topham, Joel Sosin. Michael S. Murphy, and directed by Charles Martin Smith. Okay. Stars Mark Price as Eddie Weinbauer, Tony Fields as Sammy Kerr, um, Doug Savant as Tim Haney, Gene Simmons as Nuke, which is the radio host, Mm -hmm. and Ozzy Osbourne as Reverend Aaron Gilstrom. Had you ever heard of this? I have not, and I didn't have high hopes going in. (laughs) (laughs) I only became aware of this movie a couple years ago. It's from 86, you said? 86, yeah. Two years before I was born. I was totally unaware of it before that, and I think I had heard it talked about or mentioned on some other podcast. And last year, I want to say, I checked it out, and I was pleasantly surprised. I expected it to be ultra cheese, and not that there's not cheese, but then upon... So this is my second time watching it. My thing, like I said to you, was, uh, or just that actually, was I didn't have high hopes going in. Mm -hmm. I thought this was kind of one of those... Especially because we watched it off YouTube. Oh, that was another thing. I kind of set you up to to be like, this is all this is a bad movie because I sent you trying to find a. This used to be I. I think this was on Netflix previously or something. Um, it's not currently, but I found a copy on YouTube that was actually a fairly decent copy, but it's not like an official version. In fact, specifically, it's in English, but it was the German version. I noticed because the uh, intro title didn't say trick or treat; it said Ragman. I'm like. Ragman. So I looked it up and that's what it was released as in Germany. Well, that's, that's weird. Although I want to say the YouTube video's description was in Spanish. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was like, wait, I thought the description was in Spanish point, but it was full screen. It was pretty decent resolution. It looked good. The sound was a little funky, but uh point is we found a full 
pirated copy on YouTube that was still on YouTube. It hadn't been pulled down. So uh, that's usually not a good indication of a quality movie. Usually when a company owns like a movie that they're proud of, they don't let people just pirate it publicly and in, in the open like that. Yeah, because I think it, they posted it, I think, in 2014. Are you serious? I didn't even notice the date. So it's been yeah. up there for years. Yeah. Content ID never picked up on any of those songs. That's, That's amazing. What I was kind of thinking the whole YouTube algorithm thing didn't pick up on it. Yeah. But no, um, watching this movie, almost it was kind of weird because it almost took me back to the childhood when you watched the like not rated R mm-hmm. like horror movies mm-hmm. or the Halloween movies. I like how it's the the bullied kid uh-huh. type story, and he's I'm gonna nail that saying. I'm gonna nail him. Just I'm gonna nail them all. I'm gonna nail them. I'm gonna nail them all. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was the worst. But uh, it's weird. Kind of like he wants to go after him. He really wants to go after him. You know, he idolizes this metal metalhead that you know he. I think he said like you know he became better than all of them and showed him what it was. And basically, so then he's going to help help him fulfill his nailing them. The metalhead <laughs> yeah, from the metal. Beyond the Grave yeah, is going to help him fulfill yeah. nailing the bullies and such. Yeah. yeah, which, okay, now, actually, let me backtrack there. I felt like they were talking about, on the TV when they were talking about Sammy Kerr, you know, they're talking about his lifestyle and how he is and how, you know, he is out of control and stuff. And then suddenly he's dead. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like at the end of it, oh, boom. <laughs> in the news report where the kid finds out that he's dead? Yeah. It is. Because it's like it plays like it's just detailing like this this shock rocker who's, you know, all kinds of controversy. And then, yeah, it's not talking about him like he's dead. And then was found in a fire, found in a, you know, burned hotel to death fire. in a hotel fire. It's like, oh. And then they play his, his little, or like his photo and then the dates of when he was like, I was like, whoa, okay, that took a turn there. Uh-huh. So of course, you know, he gets Sammy's last record. I mean, I uh, kind of like how they said it. He said it felt heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's and a, what was it? An acid acetone? I I can't remember what he what he called it, but yeah, it's like the heavier weight re- because records are yeah they'll be pressed in heavier in different weights, and uh, it's a heavier weight studio demo kind of master copy. I also kind of thought they were kind of foreshadowing that he's like supposed to be in there, you know. So then, you know, he starts he starts playing the record in reverse and then finds out that basically, you know, the record is talking to him and it's Sammy. He kind of wants to start going after him and then Sammy's going to help him. But then it's like weird that he also doesn't want to kill anyone. Well, so, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with you here because first the bullying stuff, it is that kind of stereotypical story of like, it seems like the 80s and into the 90s, you got a lot of those where the main character is kind of the picked on kid, whether he's like a nerd or just like the new kid or in this case, uh, this movie's version. Well, no, his friend is a nerd, but this movie's version of a nerd, he's a metalhead, you know, mm. nobody he doesn't fit in. And he's bullied by the super 80s looking douchebags, you know, he's bullied by them. And so that's it's kind of stereotypical. But what I appreciated about this movie is. It works fairly well, and it doesn't go... A lot of 80s movies, especially when they do the bully stuff, like, it can be tasteless. And that's the one thing about this movie. For the most part, it's not tasteless. It's, like, pretty well handled everything, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not the most realistic, but... So, yeah, he... For a while, it seems like the kid's definitely going to go bad. There's a scene where, after the first, like, person actually gets hurt, 
the scene where the the main bully guy comes to his house to confront the kid. Yeah. And the kid's standing on the stoop and like the the flames and the pumpkins shoot up on the side and he's just looking all ominous. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. He looks like he's going bad. But that's also kind of the turning point when he's like, oh, this is this is getting too real. Like this is getting too serious because yeah. the the bully dude's girlfriend, who is also a bully, in fact, she's the one that tried to kill him. She put a weight in his backpack after the bully or when the bully pushed him in the pool. She gets injured, and we can talk about that later because of him, because of the kid and mm-hmm. the rocker, this weird tape situation. But that's when he, like, he's the kid isn't a bad dude. Even the first thing where it seemed like Sammy Carr's ghosty powers was going to put that weird drill press thing through that kid's head, like, he still stopped it and stuff. So, like, he's not a bad dude. And once people actually started getting hurt, like, yeah, he, he flipped pretty quick. He was like, whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> By nail him, I just meant, I don't know, a little bit of re- beat him up or something. A little bit of revenge. Embarrass him. Not necessarily put a drill through his forehead or melt his girlfriend's ears off. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was more like what he kind of did in the cafeteria where he flips the tray up in the kid's face. He's like, eat this, boom, you know. And then he takes off running and he's got this whole, like, plan. Like, he's got chairs and stuff. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, it's to plat- pratfall. Although... <laughs> So the bullies are chasing him through the hallways and he's like, the kid set up like a, a strategically placed bucket, mopping bucket and a chair. The one dude like jumps over the bucket and then goes sliding. And then did you see the one shot where it's the stairs and he goes, boom, sliding off over the stairway. And it's like, first off, how much momentum did that kid have running? <laughs> and second off, that kid's injured, <laughs> right? Like he flew straight off of the stairway, which means he's going to fall at least like a store, have six a story. Feet. Yeah. At least yeah. six feet. Bam. Cause I mean, you got it. You got, your body's got to arc at some point. Eventually. And if not, he's going to slam into the wall across the way and then fall six to eight. It's kind of like the also, I think, I don't know if he fell to the ground now that I think about it. I'm trying to replay the scene in my head, but where he goes sliding across the top of the table and then falls. Uh-huh. My thing, my whole thing with that chase scene was they fall multiple times or yet are still right behind him. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Like within feet of him. I was like, didn't they fall like through the band room? They fell like three times through the band because room. Because movie bullies are the same, are like movie slasher monsters, except reversed. Because movie slasher monsters, it doesn't matter how fast you run or how many or how slow you run, you fall down 40 times, they're always still just like right there. Right. Like you could take forever and they're still almost on you, or you could get in a car and take off and they're still almost on you. Movie bullies are the kind of the same. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. They're always going to be on you, except they're the ones that usually fall. Right. But they're still, boom, right there. Yeah, because I was just like through the band room. They fell over, crashed into people, and then he comes out of the door right behind him. So let's talk about the talking backwards stuff in the record. I mean, obviously, that's playing on the famous, you know, there's some bands that have done it, but there were like, there were lawsuits and stuff because people are crazy and they'll get either too into music or... Or, you know, at some point I know there was some suicides. And, of course, anytime there's something like that, like, people tend to grab onto some ridiculous thing that the person, this person really liked this music and they killed themselves. Or they, oh, I don't know, shot up a school. It's the music's fault. Okay, whatever. Anyway, there's some real life, like, this is pulling from accusations and stuff. So there's the backwards music thing. And uh, I kind of like how it plays out because... I don't remember, like you can hear that there's reverse stuff going on in the music when he's listening to it at first. And I don't remember how he come about to like start 
re reversing it. But at first, it's just like, okay, you can kind of hear there's a recording. But as he's doing it, eventually it like, well, for one, the record player eventually starts just playing backwards. But it actually is talking to him. It's like talking with him. Like he'll ask it stuff and it'll start talking to him. Uh, the Sammy Kerr over the speakers. But it's kind of silly. And the whole movie is kind of silly. But I really like how it's done. Like the reverse talking stuff. Um, that sequence when he's first like doing it with the record player. I think it's handled really well, and it's actually probably the one creepy thing in the whole movie, especially that one sequence when he first starts talking to him, because it's just the way it handles, like, specifically the sound is coming out of the speakers, like the voice, the audio itself, the mix there. Like, I, I appreciate how they handled the mix creatively, because mm -hmm. it's very quiet. You can hear the music, but, like, it's also it's vinyl, so maybe that's it. Like, there's the noise floors brought up, the statics up. I don't know. It's just handled well i really i appreciate that scene that's you know most of the movie's not really creepy it's kind of it's entertaining but it's not creepy yeah that scene is creepy i did kind of like where they too though when the record player would stop and then and start spinning backwards mm -hmm. when it was talking and then it kind of like a little bit forward and <laughs> i liked everything about the kids stereo there mm -hmm. because there's a lot of focus on it obviously with the record and then when things are going really crazy at one point oh when sammy the first time sammy actually comes out that whole sequence is pretty cool. Also, his mom hears none of this because she was trying to get in the room and he's like, no, stay out. And then Sammy, using his voice through the record player, is like, come in. But anyway. That was creepy. The whole room starts shaking. Yeah, that was kind of creepy, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Mom, come in. I need... <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's like, no, mom, don't come in. Okay, so he gets grounded because he, he ends up crushing, like destroying his stereo. Mm -hmm. He gets grounded. I just took the kid to the hospital. Like, if he's not on drugs, he's having a psychotic break. Something horrible is happening to my child. Right. Not, you're grounded till Halloween. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, because yeah, he gets grounded for because he wanted a new one. She's like, why did you smash your stereo? He's like, I wanted a new one. <laughs> that's because, yeah, and that's, Sammy comes through. Because that's when the kid's like, this has gone too far, basically. Mm -hmm. So then the room's shaking. There's light that comes through the stereo. Like, all the, like... The dials and the little sliders. There's light that beams that come out of the stereo in places there shouldn't even be lights in there. But I liked it. It's all like I don't know. It looked good. It was kind of ridiculous, but it was like also that like that cool '80s stereo gear, just equipment like uh, what would they call it? St equipment porn. You know, it's just like yeah. Ooh, look at that. He's got the graphic EQ uh, component. He's got all that. They do the man. It's such a simple effect, but. Before he comes out of the speaker, because he comes out of the, the speakers, just like the hands and then the face like pressed up from the inside of the uh, speaker grill. Mm -hmm. That stuff was cool. But then, yeah, like you said, then he takes a baseball bat because Sammy's like voom, materializes. And what does he say? Don't don't yeah, be he, loyal. Don't cross me. He said that's actually one line that st stuck with me was he said, you should be loyal to your heroes. They can turn on you. That's it. I was like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And then he whoop out of there. Let's talk about the look of Sammy Kerr. Because first off, I think the guy that they cast is kind of perfect because he's got a, a scary face. He's kind of hard to look at, but also ridiculous. Like given that he's this movie monster, like he's the movie's monster, like he's the shocker or whatever. He's a zombie. He's an electric zombie is what he is. Right. I thought he mostly looked like what I picture, picture Alice Cooper would look like in that sort of oh yeah definitely that kind of outfit almost kind of like the first he was like alice cooper almost the first Marilyn manson 
which is what I thought when I first like heard the voice, the vo- the singing voice they used for him. I was like, that's also kind of Alice Cooper. Also, I kind of thought it was a, another band. I can't remember who they were now, but it kind of it was another hair band. Mm-hmm. The singing was a little bit like we talked about this later in the movie when he's actually singing. Mm-hmm. It's like way off. There's one part, yeah, when he does he does a number. He does a musical number when he finally comes back. He materializes a couple times, but then one of the big towards the end of the movie he materializes at a school dance, of course, and he performs a number and it's horrible lip syncing. That's not that voice does not ever come out of that guy's face. Right. It was kind of like what was the movie with uh where Corn did the the soundtrack? Queen of the Damned. Queen of the Damned. Yeah. My brother loved that movie. Ooh, I I did not like not it. It's not a good movie, dude. I, it, it was almost the same lip sync thing. I was like, they couldn't just get a guy like, or they couldn't go over this multiple times to get you, you okay. went down. When the voice is clearly not like, you see the guy's face and yeah, okay, he's made up like a rocker. Okay. So, but the thing was, is that everybody loved that movie. Now, I didn't think it was that great of a movie. Everybody, I thought that movie sucked. Yeah. It it's was, a bad movie. It didn't make sense to me. It's a bad movie. Also, I was like 14 when that came out, but. Well, yeah, but that should like tilt the movie in your favor because when you're 14, you have crap for taste. Yeah. I also don't like Underworld, but I think Queen I don't like Underworld either. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Jasper, we're having agreements on movies. Podcast over. Stop recording. Not, Not that we don't often agree on the movies that we cover on the show, but I find when we talk about older movies that we've watched, we generally have very different opinions on them. Yeah. I mean, it was almost queen of the dam for me was almost the, the singing part thing where he's, it's, you can tell it's not him that like ruins it for me. Like when I almost, I almost, um, put that like with YouTube videos when they're off sync, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. (laughs) I just, well, okay. Yeah. The mouth, the, the actual mouth sync is not good. Mouth syncing. And also, I realize some people can look one way and then when they sing, they sound a certain way. That is not in a million. No, in a million years, that's not that guy's voice. There's no way. My thing. It just doesn't even fit with his face. My thing too, is I almost thought that was the YouTube video falling off sync. And I was like, no, that's actually bad. It's just a bad lip sync performance. Cause there's two, there's two distinct times when he moves the mic away from his face that I thought he was singing a totally different song. (laughs) Dude, to be honest, at first I was kind of like, did they just kind of film some stuff and then put whatever they had to it? I almost thought that they had another song and it was like too bad or too like raunchy or too, you know, message like that. Too message like. like too like the satanic message uh, and they switched them and put this song in and I was like. No, I think this is the song it was supposed to be. It's just maybe they didn't know while filming it. I don't know. It's not good. I will just tell you that played in my rating <laughs> later down this down this road. Really? Yeah. Well, since we're there, not the rating, but since we're talking about this lip sync moment, the music, because that's a big part of this movie. It's all about metal and backwards masking, and which is what they'd call it when they do the re- backwards messaging or reverse masking, whatever. And music, 80s metal. Yeah. If you want to call it that. I know it, technically it's metal, but it's all it's hair metal. It's all hair metal, and I kind of hate all of it. I hate it. I don't like it. I'm not a hair metal fan. It's kind of like stuck between Ozzy Osbourne. They try to do Ozzy Osbourne and like a Twisted Sister, like kind of like. Ugh. And that when you lean towards the Twisted Sister, then it's eh, you're losing me. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even. I don't know who listens to the podcast or what kind of music they like. 
I don't even like solo Ozzy stuff, really, especially from the 80s. Like, it's just too 80s. He went too hair metal. Black Sabbath stuff was awesome, but that was kind of before oh, Twisted Sister, like the most extreme, but the glam hair, <laughs> glam rock hair, hair metal. I don't really care for that. And I'm just like, if you're going to do, and I get that's, you know, that was popular. So that's what the movie's going to be. But I'm like, if you're going to do a movie in the 80s about demonic metal, evil demonic metal rocker coming back from the dead. You have. Dude, Slayer was around in the 80s. You have, you have legitimate death metal. You have heavy metal in the 80s, not hair bands. Yeah, you have Slayer. You have Anthrax, which they had in a poster, I think, in the movie. Dude. Oh, yeah, a lot of those records that... Uh, Iron, like, Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, his mom was flipping through records. Mm-hmm. Pick almost any one of those. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it got to be this just crap hair metal? Yeah, because that's, that's what I was like. It was almost like they, they were trying to do... They have Ozzy Osbourne for, like, that metal, and they have Gene Simmons, which, I mean, he's he's, he's You know what's metal. funny is those both those guys, of course, they would have been... They were still big in the 80s. I don't want to say... But, it's like, they're both out of the two. 70s. I would say it's between those two. It's kind of like they try to do an Ozzy and a Kiss. I never, I never liked Kiss either. No. Mm-mm. Kiss isn't metal. Kiss is radio rock. Like at most. I wouldn't even put them as heavy rock. I know. They're not. They're not. They're not. I know my front page is going to come after me for that, but they well, are, they're they're well, not even heavy rock. They're, they're not. It's party radio rock. Like I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. But yeah, I mean. Oh, it, but they wore makeup. Yeah. Hearts and cat faces. How metal is that? God, it. Yeah. Well, I mean, also they had even, even though I don't like a Metallica, they had Metallica. Was I it mean, Metallica? Yeah. Oh, dude, during the 80s? Metallica was awesome during the 80s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the 90s. But my thing is you have to... you have Slayer and Iron Maiden, which, I mean, was it Maiden I... was early 80s, wasn't it? I don't know. Even early 80s? I'm not sure. I, th- I thought... I always get the timeline for Anthrax wrong because I actually didn't think they came out until the 90s. Maybe they weren't big until. Yeah, but I'm like, you have an Anthrax album. Yeah, the, right? Like, <laughs> they're known. They're this there. Guy. And Slayer might maybe. Slayer is probably not mainstream enough. That is true. I don't think they picked up until the early 90s. Now I could get killed for saying that, but I want to say early, yeah, early 90s. No, nah, they were. I mean, they were around. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think answer. I think that music is just, I think that music is, was just not mainstream enough and was frankly too hardcore for this movie. Cause there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. None of the metal like is like that. It's all kind of a arena rock type stuff. Yeah. Um, Scorpion sounding stuff. And, but, but with, you know, twisted sister vocals and stuff. Well, we, we've mentioned Ozzy and Gene Simmons a couple times. They both have kind of cameos. Gene Simmons has, they actually they probably have about the same amount of uh, screen time. Gene Simmons has like one scene. I think he pops up later for a moment. Like you said, he's the radio DJ. He gives the kid the record. First off, I don't know why. Why would you give the kid this record? I know the kid's a huge fan, but anyway, it's like that's the only copy of it in the world. And it's like, well, what are you gonna play? Oh, I got I recorded a tape. I kind of got a chuckle out of that where he's like, that's the only copy in the world. Oh, I recorded it. It's on tape over here. I'm gonna play it on mm-hmm. that. I already, I already. Uh... I got a copy. It's cool. I already pirated and burned it. So. Yep. yep. <laughs> exactly. But Ozzy's cameo, I find very entertaining because, which, you know, obviously, because he plays a like a pastor type mm-hmm. guy on the TV complaining about this, this evil music, this music for perverts and weirdos, and it's evil and satanic. And then he ends up getting swiped. He got the worst Tinder what? swipe ever. <laughs> 
Sammy did swipe. What he swiped right, right on yeah, him. Yeah, so he likes him, but he kills him. Okay, okay. Well, then let's talk about. <laughs> He's like, I will swipe this one for later use. Let's talk about Sammy's powers. First off, I don't understand what his powers exactly are because he swipes right on Ozzy's face Tinder on the Pro. TV screen. Mm-hmm. And on the TV, Ozzy reacts, but the TV, like, it warps a little bit, bends the image. Mm-hmm. But Ozzy reacts, he's, ah, and he grabs his face, and then it cuts out. And later in the movie, they mention that the character, whatever, had, like, a, a brain aneurysm or something. But I want to know what the audience saw. Because Sammy wasn't there. He just swiped a random TV screen in somewhere in America and in the studio, the dude freaked out. And also, so was that a live show? If it wasn't, right? what are Sammy's powers? Can he just alter an image and that happens in real life? What What is that? Yeah, because I feel like in his, they may have just seen him like, move his head to the side. But the lady. But the I want to know what they saw with the lady. Oh, talk about effects. Like I thought that was extremely well done. I might even have to pull it up to watch it again, that scene again, to see exactly how they did it. And I realized they didn't actually, like, they cut before they pull the lady through the screen. But So basically, like the Aussie character, there's some lady on a talk show who's complaining about, you know, there's evil metal and blah, 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 and it's disgusting and, and Satan um, is corrupting the children. And Sammy Kerr sees this. This is the second time he's, like, physically manifest. He's in Roger's house at this point. He's, like, a Jewish kid, right? Yeah, Roger. He is the most dad like friend, like dad, like teenager I've ever seen in one of these movies because he's super logical. Just the things he would say seems like everybody's dad. Although Roger's an idiot and didn't destroy the tape and Sammy reaches through the TV screen. That's the part I thought that's really good. Like he reaches through the TV screen. You see his arm then on the other side on the TV show, grab this lady and then he pulls her towards the camera through the screen and then it cuts back. So that's how they did the th- actually coming through the screen. But the arm bit looked really good. But mm-hmm. he pulls this lady through this TV screen from the TV show. But when she comes through the other side, she's like tiny, shriveled up and burnt. Like she's this tiny, shriveled up, burnt corpse. What? Yeah, because I, I almost think that's like the tiny didn't get me because I was thinking maybe that they pulled a doll through the TV screen and they couldn't figure out how to make it bigger, like cutting again. Well, you know? no, it, <laughs> No, it was a conscious choice to make her small because... And but then I was thinking pulling her through basically energy airwaves, you know, burned her. Like condensed. shriveled her? Yeah. Turned her into an MP3. It's really... <laughs> she compressed <laughs> over compression. Yeah. Like, I hate digital. This is the future of music. And he just yeah. looks at Roger. But it's so weird. It's, just, it, it's a super weird visual. But the effect is fantastic. But then, so he's in Roger's house with this corpse... And he just like drops it and it hits the ground. It's just like mostly ash with chunks. And then like the next scene, Roger's vacuuming it up. I'm like, well, at least they like. And addressed- he's like ramming parts of it with the vacuum. Yeah. Like- <laughs> Roger handles all this very well. He's obviously a little bothered, but he's like, so some electric rock and roll zombie just pulled a woman through my TV set and left her burnt corpse for me to vacuum up. Well, he said, open this zip file right before. <laughs> <laughs> But so then my thing was, does the audience see a hand come through and then she whoop out of, just out of existence or what is a portal open? What did the audience see? What did the other people watching that show on TV see? Do they also see her then like come towards the screen and then disappear? Cause she didn't come out of their TV screens. Mm-hmm. And how is this not on the news the entire rest of the movie? How is it not everyone freaking out? Like, 
Did you see the footage of that lady on that show? What was that? And then what did she see? What did she see before? She seen something scary. She reacted. Because yeah, she yells as the hand's coming at her neck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's like his powers are very well defined, except for those two moments where he can literally pull someone through a TV set from wherever the TV studio is. Or Tinder swipe them. Or Tinder swipe them in a painful way. Eventually, you find out his weakness is water because he's kind of electricity based. Basically, that's what I got was he was power, electrical power based. Like anything that had an electric current going through it, he would, he could travel there basically. Eventually, I mean, he ends up just like the kid ends up wrecking up all the electronics, like toasters and stuff. But the main thing is he's like, you know, anything, if he gets played on the radio, that song gets played on the radio, he can go, he can transmit himself to any radio in the in the area that can re- receive the signal so he's like destroying the radios in the house and stuff and pulling the radio out of the car when he gets in a car so i appreciated that i thought that was cool in fact i kind of i wish they if it was a modern movie they probably would have but i like how they used that power because at one point when he's going crazy like he's he starts zapping people he zaps people that's how he kills people he kind of vaporizes them for the most part Right at the at the dance when he's playing, he ends up shooting electricity out of the guitar and just boom, you're vaporizing he's people. Just Ted Nugenting, you know, maybe that's part of why this doesn't seem like it's R because there's like very little blood and gore at all. When people get killed, they just get like it's like War of the Worlds, the more modern War of the Worlds, where they just poof, they poof. And then their like tattered clothes hit the ground, like they're just vaporized. See, and then that's another thing I kind of wanted to bring up was like, was there a selection of people he was taking out? Because couldn't he have just done that to the whole crowd? I think he was just taking his time and having fun with it. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but when he was doing that, he tell he totally teleported. Like at one point, he just voomp into the speaker, and then like I don't know if it was out of a light or a clock on the wall or something, just voomp and like raided himself onto like the was- basketball hoop, and I was like. That's cool, man. I would just. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I think he came out of a PA speaker. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he was like, Zzz. he definitely has like a preference for speakers. Then, yeah, it was actually pretty well done, and I like the. It's that we've talked about it a couple times. I want to say during season one, there's that very specific '80s movie lightning bolt effect they use, where it's and it was like obviously it's animated, and I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but I always think it looks super cool, and that's how they. There was a lot of that. A lot of that effect they use, you know, anytime he's zapping around or coming out of a electrical equipment, it's just that crazy animated lightning everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Well, who what was the other movie that we watched with that? Well, they did it some in Highlander. And then Terminator, I think it had some lightning. Yeah, I think so. There was another one. I can't think it of it. It might even been a little bit in RoboCop. I think it was Predator I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. Well, they did have some interesting stuff in Predator, but also Hellraiser. Hellraiser did that kind of similar thing with the with the Cenobites when they're when she's like closing the box down and they yeah. disappear. It's like the drawn lightning stuff. Yeah, it's it's a cool effect though. Mm-hmm. I like it. It actually looks like electricity moving. You know, and what I like about it, it's almost like CG almost overdoes it now. Like it's like, shh. well, see, that's the thing. I like it doesn't look real because electricity doesn't. It just doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. and it, it looks kind of animated in a way. But on the other hand, it does. It's not CG. Like it does not look CG. I'm not sure what they do for that. I'm gonna have to look that up just out of curiosity. But I don't know. I just like that effect, and they used it a lot in '80s movies. So right. But they use it a lot in here, and it looks this looks good. In fact, 
that may be one of the most impressive things about the movie. Not that it's like some type of a cinematic masterpiece, but I think it's a fairly well-made movie. I think it looks good. The shots are not bad. It's fairly well put together. I don't know. It's a it's an entertaining watch. I thought it was entertaining. The last 30 minutes were kind of like up and down for me. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have done better with like a last fight with him. Okay. You know, maybe almost kind of think like a power station type. Okay, you know, sure. Catch him in something or shut him down. But I did like the the fact where they, he was trying to get him into the car because mm-hmm. he knew there was a cage back there. Yep, yep. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. You know, at first I'm like, dude, he's just leaving her here. <laughs> like, It is a crazy plan. And like he doesn't exp- – maybe she gets it. Mm-hmm. Maybe she gets it or she doesn't. She's just like, okay, I'm going to take his word for it. But he does. He leaves her – like they go out to the uh, the radio station, which is out in the middle of nowhere. And because they're going to destroy the copy because it's getting broadcast everywhere. They can't get to the tape because he's got it protected somehow. Like there's electricity bolts Xing across it. Basically made a tornado in the room. Oh, yeah. And there's just all kinds of crazy activity in the room. So they can't get to it. So he he takes her outside. Her. We haven't even referenced her. Leslie. I think it was. Yeah. AKA required love interest. Yeah. She's. Here's. Okay. Listen. Listener. You know the story. 80s movie, we're following this kid, this main character, love interest. Well, that should tell you enough. But also, she hangs out with the bullies, but she's nice to him. There, you've got their whole arc. You, yeah. you got the, the only whole arc. thing I liked between them before this whole the before what you're talking about now was he's running from the cops because of the high school thing. And she he goes, Why are you following me? She goes, I don't know. Yeah, she <laughs> just starts running like, with him. I just like I kind of like that as a person. It was like, why is she going with him? Like mm-hmm. Okay, I don't mind her. I think she's fine. Like, I think she's a fine character. And there's some moments that, of her with him that amuse me. Like, so they go to his house, I think it is. They discover, like, Sammy somehow puts his hand in a toilet, and that's how they discover he has a weakness. So they run out. They're going to hop into a car, his mom's car. So at first, though, he's like, wait. And he jumps in to, like, pull the radio out. And before he can, it, like, starts up. So he jumps out the side of the car, and the car backs. Oh, we didn't even talk. The car drives backwards to, out of the driveway, down the street, and down the block. But he jumps out of the car, right? The car voom, zooms out of there. And he's on the ground for a second. And she's standing there, like, looking at him. And it's like it takes her a second to, like, catch up to what's going on. Because there's just a couple beats where there's, like, no reaction. He's just on the ground. And she, and she, she goes, oh, my God, are you okay? And then runs over to him. I'm like... What were you waiting for? What? Yeah, because I almost thought that actually that, that you bring that up that I thought that too. Like, did she think he was in the car or? But you can see him laying there. Yeah. But so on the one hand, like I like her reaction seemed genuine in a way that it almost made me feel bad. Where it's like, oh, she's actually like seems concerned, but also she's maybe a little slow, like on the pickup. What's going on? Oh God, we got totally. Anyway, so there's she's Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually know her name this time. Normally, we never know the love interest name because you know what? It doesn't matter. They're just a the love interest. Right. <laughs> uh, but so he takes her outside the radio station, walks her several, you know, a little way from it, and is like, okay, stay here. Count, to a, count to a hundred. Count to a hundred. And it, she, it's like the radio station is in the middle of nowhere. And like, this is pretty creepy out there, actually. Like, he leaves and she stand there counting. And I'd be like, that's a I'd be kind of creeped out right there, but he's like, you're far enough away. If you, if he comes out, you'll see him coming. You can run. Um, but it, you count to a hundred and then you run in there and do the thing. And then he takes off and doesn't say what he's doing. Yeah. He, 
she's like sitting there count, counting, and he just guns it out of there. Just <laughs> set you up. <laughs> like, thanks. Don't call. I'm not gonna be around. <laughs> yeah, like he just left. Just straight up leaves. But he had grabbed a little uh, a portable radio and threw it in the back seat. So yeah, he's they're in a cop car that he eventually stole, and uh, he baits he. <laughs> This is a kids movie. It is rated R, I think, but it is a. It's totally still like a kids movie because he baits the rocker out of the radio because she's counting her count her like it's, we got the countdown. She's getting up towards a hundred, and he still hasn't popped out in the back of the car while the kids like just hauling away from the place. Finally, the kid coaxes him out of the radio because he calls him a, a chicken and calls him a poser. Don't call him a po. You don't call a rocker a poser, and that's what he comes out, and he's so mad. He's just ah, like rang me. Don't you the- call me a poser? <laughs> I just love that. Like it was the poser calling him a chicken and a poser is what finally like pulled him out. It's like oh, that's too far. It's like, dude, you're you're an electric zombie. What do you care? It would almost be funny if he came out like came into the cop car. And he's just sitting there like almost crying. Like I'm not a poser. I was never a poser. <laughs> like just. I died in a fire performing a satanic ritual. Yeah. That's as metal as it gets. So metal. Puts up the double horns in the back. No. Oh, oh, okay. So metal. Okay, okay Sammy. Okay. <laughs> Pulls over, starts having a counsel- counseling session with him. Can we just talk about this man? Like, <laughs> But he does pull him out of the radio, and they kind of set this up earlier where he a possessed a Sammy-possessed car almost drove him off of this bridge, but he drives him off a bridge into river or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... uh then she gets in and busts up the tape. Which then I felt like the back of the the tower should have had a little bit more guts in it when she knocks over the, the tape tower. Oh, it was like empty. Yeah. It was like a, yeah, I, th- I thought that too. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what goes into that. It's like a, it was like a big reel-to-reel stand-up tape machine. I don't know what would be in there. Because if there's like not that much in there, why do they need this huge stand-up machine? Right. But it just had like nothing in the back. <laughs> yeah, it was empty. <laughs> And open, which was weird. It was open and empty. That's the main thing. It's like the shell of a metal cabinet or something. That's another thing when Nuke, who is Gene Simmons, mm-hmm. you know, he was sleeping. And then he's just, Sammy must, you know, zapped him too and killed him because his like hat, glasses, and shirt are sitting there. Oh, I didn't even catch that because I know there was a security guard who was sleeping and he got zapped. But like, maybe, I don't know if I, re- I don't recall from the first viewing, but this recent one, I was even like, where wait? Where did Gene Simmons go? Like, why is he just not? He's was that not a security there. guard by the phone when the phone was? I ringing? think so. I thought that was Gene. It was supposed to be Gene Simmons. I thought that was Nuke sleeping. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because he's. I thought he's trying to call Nuke's direct line to get him to not play. Oh, it. maybe, maybe, maybe that was the case. Why? Yeah, because you... then because he's sitting there and he has the hat, the glasses, and the shirt. Oh. And then when they come in later, it's just sitting against the wall. Why did I think that was a security guard? Did it look like a security guard? <laughs> it might have. <laughs> I, oh, well. I also thought like right before that happens, the whole shocking him in the toilet, basically. And then somehow flushing the toilet oh, pulls him in. That was the funniest thing because I was like, it's probably from movies or just the fact that it's a toilet. But I'm like, flush it. There's no way that would work. But that would be, I'd be like, flush it. What? He's in his hand stuck in the toilet and he's freaking out. You flush that toilet. But then again, that would pull the water out, which is not what you want to do. Fortunately... She she flushes it, and, Leslie, oh, and he, he gets sucked in. <laughs> his comment too, when he's in the car, he says, "You know, we got we. I think we got you a little bit earlier. You looked a little flush." I didn't even catch that. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what he says. He goes, "You looked a little flushed." I was like, "A pun. That's bad." 
So what did you think of this one? Like I said, this is the second time I've watched this movie. And the first time I enjoyed it, I think on Letterboxd, I had given it three stars. I liked it more this time, actually. I thought that it was kind of entertained me more uh, the second time around. I don't know why. I find it a thoroughly pleasant movie. It's extremely watchable. I could be wrong. In fact, I'm probably wrong because it is an 80s movie. They probably drop it at least once. But I don't recall the hearing them say this. And this might be the first 80s movie we've covered on the show in which they don't say it. There's no F-bombs. No homophobic F-bombs that I could recall. And especially when you're doing like a kid's movie. not It's not kids, but you're doing a movie about high schoolers and there's a bully situation. Even when there's not, in freaking Robocop, it's in there. Mm. There's always the F-bomb. But I don't think there was in this movie. I don't think there was. But yeah, I thought this was a, th- a thoroughly enjoyable, uh, pleasant, pretty well-made movie. I don't like the music. I think the music sucks, but whatever. The, the idea is fun. The end monster, like the monster is kind of goofy, but it still works for me. It's still, it's still entertaining. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it. I'm surprised I don't hear about, you don't hear about it more. Maybe it's because the music just super, it's super dated because of the music. Yeah. Um, But this seems like it should be like kind of a classic Halloween movie, but it's not talked about much. I actually bumped this one up. I think half a star. I'm going to give it three and a half because it's, uh, it's a little better than average. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, so in my mind, I found it very entertaining. Like I said, the last 30 minutes kind of were kind of weird for me, especially the whole lip sync thing, but uh, <laughs> which is weird. I had this in my head before you said it, but it, so my thing was I like how the effects happened. I liked the story mostly, even though it's kind of that cliche story, but um, I thought they did very well in parts of this. I had it at a four, but the lip sync thing dropped me a half point, so I'm at 3.5. Really? You're at 3.5 on this? Yeah. You had this at a four. I had it at a four and, until until the lip sync thing. Okay, so if you ignore the lip sync thing. Four. You would go four. I, would I mean, four. we'll go three and a half for your official rating, of course, because the lip sync thing's there. Yeah. But this is otherwise a four-star movie for you. It would have been a four-star. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I I didn't know how this would how you would react to this. And like I said, I kind of set it up like when I sent you that YouTube link, I was like, the true mark of quality right here, the whole thing's on YouTube. Right. There you go. I thought it was an entertaining movie. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was, it would be something I would watch again. Th- that's the thing is like, when I heard about it, I was like, oh, it sounds cheesy. But, you know, I was looking for, maybe it was a couple of years ago, but I was looking for a bunch of like, yeah, I want to watch some Halloween movies that I haven't seen before. Uh, so I checked it out. And that's the thing. Like, it's. For a movie that I vaguely heard about, it's a it look like the trailer looks terrible. It's kind of a cheesy idea. It's a fun idea, but it's like 80s hair metal. It's cheesy. It's extremely well done. It just like exceeded my expectations in a right. good way. So I'm like, yeah, why? Yeah, why don't we hear about this? That was just funny that we both came to basically 3.5. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah, 3.5. Mm-hmm. I want to know what was on that tape. Actually, we hear what's on that tape, but uh, yeah, I think that was just more of a. It's just he's in there, so maybe he he could make like she's seen a demon or a monster thing mm-hmm. in the yeah yeah anyway okay that has that whole thing has to be explained too that's another that's another three point five rating there <laughs> we did we omitted one key thing like I said it's it this is an R rated movie there's some boobs boobs which we didn't talk about there's a very weird scene we didn't talk about it you know what we recommend this movie we both give it three point five go watch it. And we wanted to leave some surprise for you. And that is a surprise. So, yep, there we go. 
Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge, which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, Guys. Oh, oh, hey, Producer, producer Michael. Michael. Oh, Hi. Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. So we're going to, I'm not sure where either of these take place, but we're going to go from one metalhead to another with the 2015, the devil's candy. The devil's candy is about a struggling. Oh, this is spoilery, but then again, whatever. See, I didn't know part of this going into it the first time. A struggling painter is possessed by satanic forces after he and his young family move into their dream home in rural Texas. Oh, it's in Texas in this creepy haunted house tale written and directed by Sean Byrne. Starring Ethan Embry. Do you know who that is? I've heard of him. Okay. Now that I heard of the name. Sherry Appleby, Pruitt Taylor, and Kira Glasgow. Yeah. Okay. I recommended this because I watched it a little while ago. In fact, today was the third time I've seen this movie this year. <laughs> but I watched it a little while ago on Netflix. I found it through. Occasionally, I'll be like, I want to watch something. I want to watch a horror movie. So I'll just watch a bunch of like recent horror movie trailers on YouTube. And that's how I come across this. And I was like, the trailer doesn't tell you anything about any satanic forces or anything. It establishes there's Ethan Embry and he looks dirty. He's got long hair. (laughs) There's this creepy big guy and that's it. Like it doesn't tell you anything, which is my favorite kind of trailer. It showed me enough that I was like, this looks cool, but I don't know what it's about. And then after a year after that or so, I finally watched it and I was like, why is nobody, this, this movie is awesome. Why is nobody to spoiler? For me, this movie is awesome. Why is nobody talking about this? So then I made Melanie watch it like two days later. And then I was talking about it on Twitter on the GCU. Follow us at GCU podcast on the GCU podcast uh, Twitter feed, Twitter account. And I'd mentioned it and somebody was like, yeah, the movie's great. Nobody's talking about that. And I was like, that's what I was thinking. Right. I'm going to have to change that. Guess what? I have a podcast where I talk about stuff like that. So in my many multiple coin flips of my mind, trying to figure out what to watch for our Halloween episode, I was like, well, it's a horror movie. I can't get Jasper on board for horror movies every episode. So I need to fit this in when I can. And I was like, it's not really Halloween. It's kind of like a metal horror. Oh, this will go with trick or treat. And boom, Halloween. So yeah, that's how, that's my story. What about you? You ever heard of this? <laughs> What's your story, Jasper? <laughs> What about you? Okay, so I've never heard of this this movie. Yeah, this would be, of course, the first time I watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was really weird. It was a weird movie. Again, it seems like we come to we do a lot of movies that I've seen before that you haven't. And I'm like, I want to I'm going to put this on Jasper. I didn't know how you were going to react. Yeah, I was kind of curious as to your thoughts on it. Yeah, so I mean, of course, it starts with you know <laughs> the mob the mob boss with the tracksuit. <laughs> So it's got oh, this the, guy. He's got that Fisk look from Daredevil. Yeah, I know. Wilson. Well, no. You, okay, maybe. But he, Daredevil, he doesn't ever wear anything like that in Daredevil. Yeah, but I'm just, well, just the bald Point is, look. He's a big guy 
and he wears like it's like a tracksuit, mm-hmm. like an Adidas sweatsuit type thing. And it opens up with him playing a power chord on a guitar. Well, he's it opens up. So this is part of what kind of intrigued me is it starts and he's like laying awake at night, and you could tell right away from his mannerisms he's like he seems slow. Mm-hmm. He seems special, but you hear this voice. It's like creepy chanty, not quite throat singing, but like it's saying something, just not, you can't really tell what it is. And he's in his room and he gets up and he looks at the cross on his wall and he grabs a, he grabs his guitar, his Gibson red, his red Gibson flying V guitar. And he just, the same, just jagged power chord over and over. And then like this lady comes in, it's his mom. And she's like screaming, like, what are you doing? And he said something about, he says something, I think in that first scene about, you know, and so I can't hear him. So I can't hear him talking. And she freaks out and she's like, you're going back to the hospital. Well, then he takes that flying V to her face and she goes down the stairs and then the dad gets home and then cut to our, the people we're following. Mm. So that's how it opens. And I figured this would just be a, I didn't even know for sure it was a horror movie. It looked like a thriller, but I was like, it's okay. It's going to be a thriller about this kind of crazy guy and this family has to deal with him. It doesn't wait a whole long time, but essentially, then we go to Ethan Embry. He's a painter. He's a metal guy. He's a, he's extreme. He's like, you know, a big metal head Mm. and he's a painter. That's what he does. Like he paints pictures and commissions and stuff like that. He's an artist. He's got a young metalhead daughter and a very kind of not metalhead wife. And they buy a house, which is that house because that guy's gone. But then shortly after that, the first time he's in the house by himself, like he comes home and then he, he he starts hearing, and that's when I was like, oh, this is actually like, I don't know if it's haunted house or what, but this is actually like a supernatural thing. Right. So I was kind of surprised by that. I'm guessing you knew though, especially since I set it up as like horror movie. Like how they kind of set it up to where, you know, I think it is basically because they, they sell the house because she died and I don't think he has any rights to the house. No, like there's no mention of him, but two people died. And it was the woman and her husband. Mm-hmm. We don't see the husband die. But according to that guy, she fell down the, some stairs and the husband killed himself. The the salesman. They kind of set up that he's trying to drown out the, the voices in his head by playing the, the loud chord. guitar power chords. Yeah. Because the big guy is not like, he's not like a metal guy or anything. Mm-hmm. He just has this like, this guitar and amp so he can drown out the voice in his head. Yeah. It's basically like he doesn't want to do what he's being told to do. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to drown out the sound in his voices in his head. Yeah. I like how this one progressed. Although kind of like us talking about the first, I kind of felt like it jumped around a little bit too much. There are some parts of this movie that are just like hella, just boom. They went straight up like gory Mm -hmm. or, you know, just screaming. She kind of has almost the same story he did. She's the metalhead in the new school. Mm-hmm. Even though they... Oh, yeah. I she's felt, she's what's-his-name from the last movie. Yeah. So I felt like they did. They could have done like better on like extrapolating on her story. Mm-hmm. You know, and getting like all that. But I was like, wow, this is almost the same movie if that if they were going to follow her. But then they're like, oh, no, we're going to follow him. Yeah. You know, we always said that he doesn't know how to take a shower. <laughs> He always shows up in every scene dirty. Ethan Embry, this is an interesting role because I never pictured him as like a metalhead guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it's a wig he's got most of the time. But he's got nasty, greasy, like long, clumpy hair. And he looks bronzed kind of like. Yeah. 
in my mind, I want to say most of the time he looks much paler than he does in this movie. It looks like full body because he runs around in his tidy whiteies a lot in this movie. Uh, and he's got tats and stuff. But and he's ripped. Holy mm-hmm. crap. He's like, I mean, he's a skinny guy, but he, like he's ripped. But he looks bronzed, but in a dirty way. He yeah, just looks orangey, tan, but greasy constantly. He looks dirty. It seems like his um his hair doesn't match his body. No, like no at all. Like not not even like he he gets up every morning and he washes the crap out of his hair, but the rest of his body save that for a later day. <laughs> well, and I mean that's part of the thing. Like when we first see him, he looks greasy and sweaty and funky, and he's painting. Like that's what he, that's why he, we see him in his whitey tighties a lot because he'll just like kind of strip down and he's painting and he's you know gets even before he gets possessed, he gets possessed to paint and like. uh his first scene, they're like, the wife comes out and he's like, you haven't even showered yet? We have to go talk to the guy about the house, blah, blah, blah. Foreshadow, he's not showering at any part of the movie. <laughs> he never <lady>. showers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Foreshowering. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but my thing was, so you, you get, you know, you get her backstory. I feel like there's a lot of the story missing is what I'm trying to get at. Like, it didn't seem like there was a lot of content. I see. Well, no, I outside of like the main storyline, I would agree with you actually, but for me, that doesn't, I, I understand what you're saying and I would agree with that. You nailed it. But for me, that's not a problem. It feels like a simple story. Like it's very straightforward for the most part. And I don't mind that. It's like, here's the thing that's happening. And you're right. We don't follow the daughter. Like she gets dropped off at school. We never follow her. She's having a tough time, you know, but what the movie wants to follow is him. What's happening to him. And the wife just, you know, I don't know where she does. She works somewhere, but she just disappears. So I don't know where she goes. So you're right. But it's because we're following him and his whole thing is like, he stays at home and paints while he hears voices chanting in his ear to paint things. Um, So it is pretty basic, but I kind of like it. And it's also kind of like, there's not a lot of different settings. Yeah, I think the movie looks great, but it's there's not a lot of locations, so it just kind of seems nailed down to this is where we're at. This is what's happening. That said, like it's simple and straightforward, but at least for me, I at no point knew where it was going. It was definitely going to come to a head, but you don't know how. And one thing that really got me, especially towards once we get towards the like the last, the final, I don't know, third of it or whatever, once the screaming starts, as in the characters screaming. This is one of those movies where they could have killed any of the characters in, in a horrible way. And like, it just seems like the movie that would like the kind of movie that would do it. It would it seems like the kind of movie that would uh, kill the daughter out of nowhere or, you know, kill everybody. And that's, well, there you go. Then the tracksuit guy just walks off like pretty legitimate for me, held a lot of tension. Like mm. during those final scenes, I'm just like, I think everybody's just going to die now. Like this is going to be a horrible, like depressing movie. Yeah, it it was almost like when that last whole last part came on, it felt like your base, like your it'd be a great Jason, like just come in and start shedding everybody, just sheddy, sheddy. Well, but it's kind of like slow, calculated. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. And well, like there's a lot of movies, a horror movie. And okay, you mentioned Jason, and maybe not slashers. With slashers, you kind of know everybody's mm-hmm. gonna die, except maybe the one person. But with most horror movies, you're like, well, that's those are my that's our main character. They're gonna live. But at a certain point in this movie, especially since we don't start with the family, we start with the other guy, you don't know who's going to live. At one point, like, I was convinced 
he's going to rob zombie this and he, they're just going to kill all the our protagonists or whatever. He's just going to kill everybody and leave us feeling oh, dirty and horrible. Right. Whereas most movies, most movies you at least know, well, that character's going to live. Right. You know, and especially after he gets shot in the back, he's just laying there for about 10 minutes. Well, and, and like you said, it's calculated because, okay, we're going to get into some, definitely some spoilers, but like now, right now, <laughs> but spoiler alert, <laughs> the big guy comes, jacks those cops up. She's screaming for a good 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause so. And you don't see what's this. happening. She gets pinned between the first cop car and the second cop car because the cops have come to put them in a witness protection program. Yeah, because this big guy's come after yeah. come into come after him has kidnapped the daughter at that one point. And I was dude, it was even like he's going to kill the daughter. Like mm-hmm. when he kidnapped the daughter, oh, I think she's done. I think she's done. How yeah. horrible is that? So you hear er, boom, and then this lady just starts screaming. And the, the what's so effective about that is she's screaming and it's horrible and it is horrible when you see it but not seeing it not knowing what happened that first until they finally look out and it seems like forever before they finally like open the door to look you get it's just like what could what could be the cause of that like what happened it's super effective about that just making you wait like something horrible happened or is about to happen and i don't know what but it's gonna it's terrible that kind of like dread i guess mm-hmm. but then after that he comes in there's a slight moment of comical, like the dude has a gun and he doesn't know he's just randomly firing. And it's funny for half a second until Ethan Embry gets shot in the back and hits the ground and goes down. And from that point on, the camera pretty much stays in that, like locked down in that one spot while the guy goes and breaks into the room, uh, just down the hallway where the daughter and the wife are, you hear gunshots, like they're screaming, 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 gunshots, no screaming. And then you're just like, did he just murder everyone with a gun? Because it and it holds forever with no sound. I I at that point at that point I thought he just shot everybody and it was just going to be him walking out the door and like the door open and watch him walk away and then credits. Then the door comes open and he's got the daughter. And the daughter's struggling, so she's still alive and he's taking her down the hallway and the wife doesn't come out and you're just like, oh, well she's dead. <laughs> and then he takes her out of the front of the house and walks off down out of the front of the house and the camera stays in the hallway and you see the the body of Ethan Embry and the wife's still silent and it holds on that for a while and you're just like oh my god okay that's almost worse and then the wife comes out she's okay and finally the well she's not okay she's been shot but she's crawling and then finally he comes back in with her and he's grabbed gasoline and walks up to the wife and puts the gun to her forehead. And then you've got another long moment of just drawing it out of like, oh, he's going to shoot her. And he doesn't. And this whole time you're just like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I that I pointed that out to you. I love that part because the gun clicks. He's uh, out of ammo. Uh-huh. And then he looks at it and then he shakes it. Like that's going to shake the bullets back. That's what's so funny about. I kind of, I enjoy that he gets the gun because he is, he's very, he's, he's simple. Right. And so. When he finally gets the gun, he literally has a rock in his hand that he knocked one cop out with. And he puts the rock down and then grabs the gun and picks it up. And the camera like holds there for a second. I'm just like, that's kind of funny. And then he holds it up and he just pop and he shoots it randomly at the house. And he's like, whoa, you know, he's got this like look on his face. So then he just like when he fires, it's not like a calculated aim and fire. It's just he kind of shoves his fist in that direction and starts squeezing the trigger. And just right. Shooting all over. It's a random chance that he happened to hit what's his name in the back as he was running away. When he first fired the first two shots, of course, third one hitting 
you know, Ethan Embry was like, what happens is he tries to hit him with a bat. He sees it coming, then he shoots wildly. And it's like the way he shoot wildly, you could have just backed up again, whap, you know. Well, yeah, but Ethan is freak, kind of panicked and like, whoa. Yeah. And went to run. And for that half a moment, it's funny because the dude is inept with the gun. He's just wildly shooting. Ethan Embry's kind of like got a, whoa, like he's almost like comical, like, uh, I don't know. I'm out of options. Like, whoa. And he just starts running. And for a moment, it's kind of funny. Boom. And then he takes one, like a bullet through the lung and you're like, oh. Especially like, I like the effect too of you hear him like breathe in when he gets hit. He's like, boom. He's like, <gasps> and uh, he hits the ground. <laughs> he's, yeah. And he's just like out for a long time. Mm-hmm. Wow. We jumped right to the end. I thought he was dead. That's okay. We don't have to get into like, we kind of did lay out the plot. Well, like I said, it, it wasn't even really a story field. I mean, except the last almost 20 minutes of this movie. But there's, there's something I really like about this. And I'm kind of interested to hear your take on it. But this is definitely a Satan story. This is a, it's hard to say if the voice is Satan. I'm guessing it's like a Satan voice that's influencing both of them. But the big guy is obviously influenced. He's, he's a child murderer. He hears the voices, the voice, it tells him to, like, you don't hear it ever say it. You just hear it chanting, but it tells him to kill children. And he, he, he does, he kills at least one. And then he tries to go after the daughter but also there have been others in the past. Ethan Embry, when they move into this house, I'm, that's his name. I'm just calling by his full actor name. He's a painter. He sets up shop in the garage. He hears the voice and he goes into like super crazy, like painter trance and he paints some crazy pictures that he doesn't remember doing. Um, the first one is like this upside down crucifix. And the second one is pretty crazy when it all comes together. You know, it looks like kind of distorted and crazy and there's like faces of dead children and he paints his daughter being burned which is it's still a great concept because it's like why would you paint that but i like the weird evil metal cover album satan face or whatever it's supposed to be with all the eyes along the the hammerhead look it's so weird but it's it's pretty cool like the painting itself is kind of cool but he goes into like when he hears it he goes into a trance and he says something about you know it's like the children are trapped in me and they want out and i don't know what you know i don't want to know what they want but there's a whole deal. Did you catch the whole deal where basically he was making a deal with Satan? The old guy? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, he's like, you're going to know about sacrifice. Like, you know, he's like, you have to sacrifice, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, and he's like trying to get him to drink this liquor because he went to a trance one day and was late to pick up his daughter from school. And she was all mad. Never again. Well, he's trying to make a point not to pick her up late, but he had actually managed to arrange the first painting he did, got him his foot in the door with this, art guy this big art exhibitor and so he was coming out to his house to check out the new one and yeah he's a creepy guy and a creepy old white guy and it's obviously a temptation like here sit and drink this with me and he's like no, i i really have to go i have to go get my daughter and that's when the whole you know sacrifices bit comes up and it's not i mean it's pretty obvious but it's not completely obvious the first time i watched it i missed that he said it but he said something about you know now that you're now that you're being represented by belial industries or something like that which i didn't catch the first time but yeah that's 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 satan right belial i that's why that's what i thought too i was like isn't that another name for satan it is yeah and so like he was outright says now that you're being represented by belial whatever industries or entertainment or now that you're being represented by beezlebub yeah (laughs) beezlebub llc yeah belial something Hmm. he's like you know you get used to the finer things and 
So that was and like, he's wearing a very satanic like suit. Really? Is it like, like a the devil like slick the devil, devil deal maker suit? Black red. Was it? Okay, I don't even recall. <laughs> I only wear this when I make soul exchanges. And of course, that's the time when he doesn't pick her up and she gets kidnapped. So, yeah, which that was funny because he he's honking at a car and he gets around the car and the tires blow, and that's why he's late. And he's fishtailing forever. Yeah. Which is just funny. stop. <laughs> stop. Which the is car. funny because he blows a back tire, but when they get up to the close up of the car, the front tire has blown. Really? Which if the front tire had blown, he would have just spun out and rolled. Plus he doesn't have a spare. Yeah. And the car like kind of died. Like he went to start it again and it wouldn't start. It's like a tire don't do that. I he did exactly what I thought he was gonna do, was just take off running. Uh-huh. Yeah, I just kinda like he's fish tailing forever. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like God. way longer than oh, he should. God. <laughs> and, okay, and listen, like that kind of happens a little bit sometimes. I on on a, on a gravel, I think one time I I swerved to miss a cat or something, and I kind of got sucked into a, a like fishtail a bit. It's not just it wasn't just like a little fishtail a little bit and re, and then correct. It was like fishtail a little bit overcorrect fishtail fishtail. Like sometimes it happens, but this dude like it seemed like a mile. He was just fishtailing. It's like whoa 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 whoa, right. whoa whoa slow down. Right. And the car behind him, kind of like kept pace and then passed him. I'd have just stopped and waited for the scene to play out and then be like, all right, I'm going. Right. That car doesn't even care to. No, they're you, just kind of like, you huh. try to, you try to go around me. Uh-huh. But anyway, I'm a sucker for well done. I'm not even, I'm not religious even. And that's why I thought I wanted to ask you about it, but I'm a sucker for well done Satan in horror movies where it's kind of like Rosemary's baby where it's like, or what, what, there's some other one, maybe the devil's the advocate, but then again, you kind of, Satan is like a character in it, the whole movie. So that's not necessarily the best example, but just where it's this like creepy, unintentionally getting pulled into some weird deal with the devil. And I don't know when it's done well, I appreciate it. And here I, I like it. I like it. I thought, yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of didn't catch it as first until I, like after the movie, we're kind of sitting down and thinking about it. That, that he was supposed to be the devil or uh, or at least, least a representative. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing is then, so he hears the voice that makes him paint the paintings. Let's jump to the real end of the movie. Do you want to talk about the final fight, final climax scene? Yeah. Like we said, parents are, they look like they're done dealing and uh, whatever the expression is, they look like they're dead or going to be dead. And the big guy takes uh, the daughter up to her bedroom, douses the room in gasoline, starts it on fire. And it's like holding her there because the big guy didn't want to kill her because he liked her, mm-hmm. but he asked you because the voice He said the creepiest thing he said the, Oh, it was so creepy because he, Oh, it's so gross too, because he hadn't kidnapped her and was, she was tied up and crying. He takes his finger to one of her tears and like puts it on his lips. And he's, he was right. You are the sweetest candy. I was like, <laughs> Oh, it's so gross. Oh man. That just gave me the willies. <laughs> This is my thing. This is my thing. My issue with that scene from the bed perspective, the whole room is on fire. The mom and the dad are outside or the mom and Ethan Embry are out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's not her dad. He's her Ethan Embry. So he climbs into the window. He sees a ladder there, climbs up into the window and then somehow has a place to stand in the bedroom. We'll see in some shots, the walls and everything are engulfed. And then in some shots, it's just like a ring around the bed. Yeah. That whole, that whole bedroom scene is way over the top. And it looks, you know, it's clearly it's fake. It's an effect. I think it's cool. Like it looks stylized. It's definitely not real. But uh, for fake fire, like it's clear they weren't totally going with realism. 
Like, so it, I don't know, whatever. But I mean, at, at a certain point, pretty much the whole room is engulfed and they're still just like standing in there. But yeah, it's way over the top and kind of cheesy. So he gets into a fight with the big guy and then, then he, st- he hits him with the flying V guitar. Well, I love, there is one shot. It's, it doesn't make sense, but I like it because he's beating the crap out of the big guy. But then the big guy puts his finger in Ethan Embry's bullet hole, which puts him down for a second. And the big guy gets up and he's just like walks through the flames back to the bed and he's on fire. And the last shot of him before he gets put down by the flying V guitar, because this movie's metal and he's going to get beaten to death with a guitar while on fire. Like he went up quick because the Mm -hmm. last shot, like he's burning, but also like his eyes, you notice were like, the irises were like glowing super red. And I'm like, that's, I don't think that's how it would work, but whatever. Right. I guess it looked cool. Um, but then he gets clonked from the back with a flying V guitar. Ethan Embry beats the crap out of him. And like, at one point the thing snaps. So he's even like stabbing. You don't see, you don't see the big guy at this point, but he's like stabbing down and he comes out of the scene, just covered in blood. So on one hand, the the whole thing is over the top and the movie, like they're metal heads, but for the most part, the movie's not, the movie itself isn't that over the top. You know, it's just whatever. It's the movie. It looks like, and maybe we can talk about this later, but it looks like it's all Instagram filters. But this is the one scene where it goes super over the top, where he gets beaten to death and stabbed with a flying V guitar. Meanwhile, the music is guitar, like going crazy. And then when he stands up, like there's flames around him and he's, his face is covered in blood and he's got the broken guitar and you hear the guitar like, and it's like, what, what, yeah, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like it goes so over the top out of nowhere because, and you know, this is coming off of this, this is coming off that long sequence and it's a pretty long sequence where the cops get murdered. We're pretty sure the parents just got murdered and it holds on it long enough to make you like expect the credits to roll at any point. And then it goes into this like over the top uh, flaming guitar demon battle type thing almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's unexpected. But after that, so the movie's pretty much done. I'm pretty sure Ethan Embry's going to bleed out and die, but I don't know. Everybody else, is, the bad guy's dead. The cops are dead, obviously, but the family's still alive. They get out of the house. Also, when they leave, like the bed's on fire, the walls, they're, everything's on fire. They're, lucky for them, there's no smoke. Because realistically, they'd have been passed out by smoke inhalation or being burned at that point. But he comes down and he's still like weirded out. And he just kind of wanders off because he's remembering like him saying to his wife, the kids are in me and uh, I don't know what they want. They want out or something like that, which Mm -hmm. is a little cheesy. So he gets kind of like tranced to wandering off not too far from the house and finding where the big guy had buried the suitcases with the dead children in them. And he uncovers it. And the sun comes out and he looks up to the sky and he's start and he's crying. He starts tearing and then it goes to credits. And I'm like, it's such a weird final shot. Right. Because like just uncovering them, let him out or I guess discover them. So their spirit, you know, they kind of cheesy, like the spirits need to be set free. So I'm like, but so was, cause he was hearing at least to us, the same voice that the big guy was hearing. But if the voice was telling him to free the children, like, I don't understand how the voice works. Right. Because he still got to deal with the devil situation uh, that technically he failed because he didn't get there on time. Right. I don't know. I I think it's an interesting ending because they get kind of the cheesy, like, he could free their spirits. Not that we see spirits <laughs> free. free, but like, so I guess that's the reason he was 
being possessed to paint these things, I guess. But just him looking up to the sky and the sun coming out and him weeping, looking somewhat Jesus-like, just, well, somewhat white Christian perception of Jesus-like, you know, Mm. the bearded. Maybe it's coincidental, but I kind of don't think so, especially when you've got that much wig hair on your actor and he happens to look like a weeping Jesus as the sunlight comes out at the end. And he's a little skinny guy, like his skinny, like he's ripped, but like a slender skinny guy. Yeah. That's kind of like my, the question I was asking myself throughout the movie is like, is he being sent by the kids to fight the bigger guy? That kind of seems how it kind of David Goliath type thing. That kind of seems like how it was because the other children he painted had already been killed, mm-hmm. but he also painted his daughter on fire well before that happened. So that was, I guess, like a warning. Because I always thought the deal with the devil was supposed to be the devil trying to get him back onto killing, not helping, you know? Yeah. You're going to have to sacrifice your daughter for this job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And things will be good because, and they don't even dwell on it that much, but like he has money problems. Like there's like one shot. Well, they buy the house, but there's one shot of like final notice bills and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's obviously like kind of stressed trying to get this artwork sold, but they don't really focus on it too much yeah i don't know so what are we gonna rate this i want you, you go first you, i went first last time i really want to know what yours are why you base it on mine <laughs> no so like i said this movie was kind of like it was kind of fast-tracked sometimes it kind of lost me with being so fast in like story development it was like dum, 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 you know okay. one thing right after another um it was entertaining didn't find it as inter- weirdly did not find it as entertaining as trick-or-treat mm-hmm but I give it a solid three. Okay. Solid three. I like this movie quite a bit. I can't believe I hear no one talking about it. Uh, it came out in 2015, so it's only a few years old. And it's been on Netflix for a while now. And yeah, I can't believe it. it's got Ethan Embry in it. I can't believe I hear nobody talking about this. Uh, maybe it's because it's a little bit over the top ending, metal, you know, it's metal focus kind of. Big creepy guy ch- killed, ch- killing children isn't exactly like... Not something that gets a lot of people on board, but I think it's good. I think it's interesting. Like I said, it's kind of a cool, like evil Satan influence movie. I think it looks great. It's well shot. I like, I like the sequences. I like the cinematography and the framing. I'm so torn about the actual look of it because it all looks like it's all got post-processing that looks like Instagram filters. And on the one hand, which also kind of makes Ethan Embry look dirtier because sometimes it's got like that kind of like HDR photo look to where, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like it's that extra dynamic range. So like the brights look extra bright or in this case of, in the case of Ethan Embry's face, extra greasy highlights and the darks look extra gritty. So, mm-hmm. you know, so on the one hand, I kind of like it because I haven't really seen that. Like you see that on photos on the internet all the time, just certain looks and it changes. Anytime we go to the big guy when he's at night doing his, like trying to drown out the voices you get that certain real kind of muddy, it's dark, but the blacks aren't really black, uh, where everything's almost got like a slight outline to it. Anyway, so I'm torn on it. Like on the one hand, I kind of like it because I haven't seen that in a movie. And on the other hand, I just like, I'm just like Instagram filter. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. And even when it's over the top, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the metal horror type thing. Metal. <laughs> and I'm not even like some of the music they use, like some of it's okay. And some of it's like, eh. But, you know, and and the metalhead characters are super cheesy. Like, we get it. We get it. You like metal. But I think part of your thing is it's not as entertaining as, like, Trick or Treat is. It's not really, it's not like a fun movie. The story isn't fun. It's 
kind of intense. And especially once it gets going, it's super intense. Four stars. I like it a lot. I think it's pretty interesting. And I'm kind of guessed you're going to go that way. I was like, I bet she's going to go one more above me. <laughs> well, it's, it was preordained. It was not, not dependent on yours, but yeah. Well, no, no. So I was like, I was like, I bet you he feels this is a four. That's just weird. Though. It feels like a lot of elements that are, feels like elements that you've kind of seen before, but put together in a somewhat unique way. Like you've you've heard the dudes hearing voices, Satan having some kind of influence, or even like crazy painter. Like I don't know, you heard some version of all that, but I don't know. It, it come together in kind of an interesting way, and I actually like how kind of stripped down it is. We're not getting a bunch of stuff with the daughter at the school. We're not getting anything with the wife outside of the house, which is maybe not great, but it's not like she's a housewife. She's just not there most of the time she's at work. But I kind of like that it's, boom, focused on what it's there to do. It's not. It's a pretty short movie, actually. I think it's just under an hour and 20 minutes. Like it's hour 18, maybe. That's pretty short for a feature. Right. It does what it does. It goes crazy over the top. It leaves you questioning what at the end with your little Jesus weeping Jesus final shot. And then it plays some metallic at the end. I guess the movie, but yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I just weirdly, I just like trick or treat better this one, but Oh no. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. I think trick or treats a more fun watch though, for sure. Just, you know, I don't always need fun. I need killing. Sometimes I need Satan. 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 Oh, yeah, here we go. Peanuts, Cracker Jacks, hot dogs, microphone. Wait, microphones? Aw, oh, man, this isn't Wrigley Field. This is somebody else's podcast. Again. <sighs> hey, guys and gals. This is uh, Jesse from GrawlixPodcast.com. And, uh, well, my co-host and I, we we travel through space and time using this, this Blinkatron here. But the problem is that it it doesn't always work. At least not the way it's supposed to. And uh, we sometimes we wind up in the wrong place, you know, like an awkward family reunion or a bar mitzvah or, you know, well, somebody else's podcast. But, uh, you know, since I'm here, uh, let me tell you about our podcast. So when we are blinking all over the universe, uh, Randy, Melanie, and I, we review comic books, movies, TV shows, all sorts of stuff. And every month we review a comic, a comic collection, or a graphic novel that the listeners choose. Uh, they do that on our poll list, which you can find at our website, which is GrawlixPodcast.com. So if any of that sounds good to you, well, uh, why not head on over to our to our site? That's Grawlix, spelled G-R-A-W-L-I-X, podcast.com. And, uh, you know, check out our archives. See if there's something in there that sounds good to you. Now, where did I get lost? Huh, maybe I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. Hey, Jasper. Yeah. So the movie studios are thinking, Middle's going to make a comeback. It's kind of been in the toilet for the last decade or so, but it's coming back. And when it does, they're going to have a whole slate of Halloween movies for us. How could they combine Trick or Treat? Nope, not the one with the little pumpkin man. 1986 Trick or Treat with the devil's candy into one. Cinematic universe. Should, should I go first on this one? Yeah. So w- my cinematic universe is that the guy in the red suit from Devil's Candy mm-hmm. is the older version of the younger metalhead. <laughs> in the, the main character in, in Trick or Treat? In Trick or Treat. Okay. That's not his mother. That's an older Leslie. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. 
so he's still trying to drown out the, the voices of Sammy. Basically, I was trying to say that there is the old poster of Sammy behind the wall, behind the cross. <sighs> okay. Right? Okay, yep. So then the old guy, the devil who played the devil, is actually the older version of Sammy. Oh, Sammy aged? Yeah. So Sammy aged. Okay. And is now the, basically the devil or the devil's advocate. You know, he kills Leslie. Sammy tries to possess Embry, Ethan Embry. And then so all the kids that are in the painting in Devil's Candy are the kids he killed in the gym at the at the high school. Nice. Okay. So I basically like that. I like it's, that. it's a they're passing the metal on uh-huh. to the next family. Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ethan Embry lived at the end. And they lived and they moved, of course. Mm-hmm. Now Zoe it's kind of traumatized by the whole experience, but she was okay for the most part. Now, growing up as a metalhead, and her dad's big metalhead, kids once they hit a certain age, and she was pretty much about to hit that age if she wasn't there already, but they tend to rebel against their parents. So she got into, because she knows her dad is kind of a purist on metal, she got into 80s hair bands, and she found this pretty obscure recording of some band that nobody ever really talks about anymore. Start start listening to it, but she'd keep it on. She'd keep it on the DL. She knew her, her dad didn't really like hair metal, but then she started hearing voices in the music, and uh, you know she's still having a hard time at school. So basically, we have a new version of Trick or Treat played out with Zoe, the daughter from the Devil's Candy, as the main character. But when things start to get out of control, old Ethan Embry hears her listening to that, and he busts and he's like, "What is this?" And she's, you know, whatever, doing the teenage girl thing. Leave me alone, Dad. I don't want to listen to what I want to listen to. And he's like, no, what is it? Is this Sammy Kerr? And he's like, yeah. Ethan was the kid from Trick or Treat grown up. And he just never told her, you know, tried to keep all that behind him. I don't know what happened to Leslie. They didn't. They didn't. She did. <laughs> well, they didn't hang. They didn't stay together. He met up with his Astrid eventually. Uh, so, yeah. What we are getting is we think a sequel to the devil's candy, but also like a remake of <laughs> trick or treat turns out to be a sequel to both trick or treat tying both universes together. And the the whole Satan thing, I don't know, I guess a happy coincidence <laughs> just turns out when you're in the metal, you come across a lot of evil rock demons and Satan constantly. And so as further movies in the universe will be just like, uh, more encounters with, uh, you know, Sammy Kerr will pop up once in a while. Uh, more Satan encounters. Uh, the third movie, they'll try to do a completely different thing, and everybody will decide that sucked, and they'll go back to the original formula of just, like, random metal Satan encounters. Because that's how it goes with Halloween-type movies. But, you know, this time, the climax has got to be even crazier for both movies. So it's going to be in take place inside of a burning, electrified car hauling down the road towards a river. <laughs> Yeah. And as the car goes over the cliff, should it be Zoe or it'll be Zoe is stabbing Sammy Kerr with uh, the neck of an electric guitar. <laughs> but the electric guitar is still plugged in. It's plugged into a uh, water cooled amp that's leaking. I tried to work water in there. <laughs> water cooled amp. It's leaking. <laughs> I was trying to work water. No. It doesn't have to be water because they're going into the river. But yeah. But how that movie ends, though, 
it seems like Zoe might be gone. It's going to be a little bit of a downer. But they had, they between movies, Ethan Embry and Astrid, the wife, had a son. And his son finds a record. This is the end credits scene or whatever. He finds a record. And he's really into like kind of dark ambient, uh, weird, experimental, industrial music. And he starts playing it. And it's just wah, wah. Over and over again, and occasionally you kind of hear some faint chanting. <laughs> also, Ethan Embry never painted again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I liked both of those universes. Yeah, I, I did too. I was actually not going to make Ethan Embry the kid until you had yours, where where the the big dude was the kid grown up from. I like that. Yeah, I could tie the kid into this too. I do like that. He is he is the kid older, except. Well, see, and that's why he didn't like hair metal because of that whole experience. He got into regular metal, which sounds more evil. It's actually less evil. Only he knows that, though. I feel like our universes are a little weak, but not. I like the ties we did, but, you know, both of these movies, they're not necessarily like we could come up with a whole story with like Sammy, how Sammy Kerr comes back and and all this. But why time together? And just do Satan things or demon things. You could easily like real life put these movies together. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be easy. It's yeah, it's metal music and some type of, um, oh, wait, you know what? We need to up the ante on this whole TV technology, though. We have phones now. Sammy Kerr is going to grab somebody through a voice chat or video chat on somebody's phone. And they're going to pull them through the tiny screen. They're going to be like this big when they come out. And then David Lynch is going to step out and be like a f-ing phone. <laughs> That's, well, that's a reference to pre-show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's pulling people through a f- phone screen. They're like this bit, like freaking the size of like a little action figure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Sammy Kerr comes across the TV old, because at this point it's an old show, old reruns of the Osbournes is playing and he just weeps. <laughs> he looks to the sky and the clouds come out and he weeps and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> The sun comes out. You know Creed could have played at the end of that. Well, I just heard. Oh god, that would dude, that would have destroyed the whole movie. <laughs> that would it because what if like the whole movie's about this metalhead and they like heavy metal him and his daughter and whatever and and but like Satan is bad and there's a child killer and then at the end like they defeat this the Satan uh influenced child killer and he finds the bodies and then he discovers Christian rock. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'd have been nope I'd have never talked about this movie again <laughs> I'm a little confused by the whole ending anyway so or uh what did they what was the point what do they mean by it or Nickelbacker's plate Ooh, well that's that's all that's uh, still bad that's, that would have been a perfect Creed, no Creed would have been this photograph <laughs> Creed no Creed would have been perfect <laughs> If you wanted to destroy it, no, no lyrics, just the instrumental of with arms wide if open. If you wanted to d- totally ruin that entire movie with one single music selection, that would be it. It'd be done. Creed. You even pick one of their heavier songs off that, I think their first album. I shouldn't know it, but I do. They had some, they had, Creed had some heavier songs, but it was always like kind of Christian based. My brother put a, a copy of uh, Human Clay, uh-huh. which is the one with arms wide open on it in my van. Because the first one, like they were still. They were still like Christian rock, but the first one they they were still they had there's a little bit more rock in there, but then they got super big and like a lot of bands, especially I don't know I don't know about now I don't listen to modern 
radio music at all, especially radio rock. I don't like know of any of it. But back in the day, a big rock band, like their first, there's so many, like their first album was cool, but then they got big. There's that one song that did really well on the radio and their future albums just become that song or similar to that song. And it's like, that's the crappy song. Right. Of course, that's the one that got big. <laughs> and that's what their albums become. Like, um, yeah, there's even a couple like really heavy bands that came out. They'd have one big radio rock song, one big radio hit. The rest of the album was pretty solid. And then their other albums just sucked after that because they kept chasing that big hit. It's like, just make cool music, man. Right. God, I feel like an old man on this episode. I'm not saying there's not good music today. I just don't listen to the radio and i don't feel like it's on the radio it's on the internet there's so much music on the internet of all varieties that you don't all redacted varieties <laughs> the radio is just irrelevant it's it radio is irrelevant to me like i don't need to hear i could randomly pick six songs that i don't like and play it over and over again with commercials wedged in if i wanted but i don't so so i listen to what yeah, i want like that's what i get i don't get there's so many songs you can play it but it's the same six to ten songs Especially when they tell you, like, oh, listen to us during your work day. Like, oh, yeah, I really want to hear the same song. Oh, we mentioned it. I don't remember if that it's probably going to get cut out of this episode, but, you know, mentioned driving for jobs a lot. Oh, maybe that was pre-show. It doesn't matter. Before, I was working for places that had vehicles with little auxiliary, at least the auxiliary thing that you could jack an MP3 player or your phone into. Hmm. Dude, it, it would be unbearable. It didn't matter what kind of music you listen to, even the classic rock. And that's what I didn't get. Like, the classic rock stations have literally decades of music to choose from and they still only play like the same 10 songs all day mm -hmm. like you'll hear the same playlist over like three times during the day easily and almost in the same order too yeah as they were played previously yeah i don't i don't understand i never understood it it's like okay top 40 hits i mean you still aren't gonna hear 40 but you know the top hits the pop stations and stuff i get it i don't get it it sucks but like i get why it's so repetitive the classic rock stations, you have decades of music to choose from. About 30, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't need to hear... Like 30 years, not 30 decades. Sorry, let me clarify. I like don't, 30 years to pick from. I don't need to hear the same Led Zeppelin and ACDC song over and over again. Between those bands, you still have decades of music to choose from. From those two bands alone. It's like the one I always hear at our store. Leonard Skinner. Is, is Freebird. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Give Me Two Steps. Mm -hmm. And then... Back in black, mm -hmm. and and air in the air tonight. Really, Phil Collins. Yeah, weird. I don't know how many times I've had to hear the drum solo. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Well, Jasper, how do you feel about this Halloween episode? Oh, it was good. I say it like there's been another. So first, this is the first GCU Halloween episode. Get ready for Halloween episode of for Thanksgiving. Halloween episode for Christmas. Christmas. Nope. Halloween episode for Christmas Eve. Halloween episode for Christmas. Halloween episode for post Christmas. Halloween episode for New Year's Day. <laughs> New Year's, Martin Luther King Day, President's Day. <laughs> of course. Valentine's Day. I, I love horror movies, so of course we'll do more horror movies, but you know, we'll mix it up too. I feel I've like looking. I, think, I feel February should be a horror month because there's a lot of Valentine's horror movies. Yeah. You're like, you don't oh, want to, you don't want to do, ro okay. you don't want to do romantic comedy month. No. <laughs> you, you know what though? I was looking at our list of movies and I love it. I love, well, there's been a few bad movies that we've covered, but. Even those, I'm like, for the most part, it's like, yeah, those all make sense. We definitely have a thing. We do a lot of genre movies is what I should say. We do a lot of genre movies. There's a lot of action, horror, sci-fi, stuff like that. A lot of 80s. Sometimes we should, I'm not saying when, and I 
don't have what next episode's movies will be for us yet, but we should mix it up sometime and do some like do some romantic comedies, uh, do some like maybe a musical Mar- Marley and me <laughs> like sad movies. Oh, do some heavy dramas, some period pieces, uh, <laughs> uh, something with extreme technicolor, <laughs> uh, color dream goat, do some, uh, some classic cinema. Screwball comedies. Charlie Chaplin. There's just... Oh, dude, I would do it. Do you know what, though? I would do a Charlie Chaplin. I kind of like... There's some Charlie Chaplin movies I like. We have to do it. A Charlie Chaplin? We have to do it. Yeah. There's one... Oh, I can't remember what it was called. There's one I like quite a bit. Uh, maybe it was Modern Times. I don't remember. But old movies like that. Or brand new movies, because we rarely, rarely do brand new movies. But we should mix it up sometime. Throw in a random curveball. And then go back to the safety of sci-fi action and horror. Right. There's monsters. And Get back to where, once we, where we once belonged. Monsters and guns and sweaty, greasy looking ripped men. <laughs> that's, that's where we live. That's our wheelhouse. <laughs> Look at the movies we've done, Jasper, and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, that's why it's not, I, can't, I can't find it. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> oh. From Jason Statham to, to, to Ethan Emery. Ethan Embry looking ripped in a very like skinny man way. Mm-hmm. Looking like a ripped Jesus, ripped rock and roll Jesus. <laughs> Which if if we didn't if we did unique episode titles, you know, that would be the name of this episode. Ripped, ripped. That's not what happened to Lee, Lee Zinger Creed. He didn't go in on an alcohol binge. He he was fighting demons as a painter. You forget to eat. You forget to pick up your daughter. All that. You get you know, forget to shower for months. Oh, my God. Hey, Jasper, did you know Grolic Cinematic Universe is now on Spotify? Now, you might be thinking, Randy, we were already on Spotify. That's exactly what I was thinking, Randy. We were on Spotify. We still are on the Grolic's podcast Spotify feed. GCU has its own Spotify now. Its own Spotify feed. So you can go and maybe you don't want all this Grolic's podcast, comic book, and TV talk. You're crazy, but maybe you don't want that. Maybe you just want the movies. Maybe you just want Jasper, and you're like that other show doesn't even have Jasper. Most people do. Why? Why would I? Why would? Why would I listen to the show if Jasper's not on it? This is, uh, half the episodes a month are a waste to me. Garbage. <laughs> Tw- tweet us at save Jasper. Hashtag save Jasper. Hashtag sw- save. <laughs> shave, hashtag or, save no, Jasper. Hashtag I listen to Jasper. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to this and you're on Twitter, tweet at GCU Podcast uh, with a hashtag. I listen to Jasper or Save Jasper or Shave Jasper. <laughs> shave. shave. If we get enough Shave Jaspers, it's happening. <laughs> you get to pick what we're shaving. Wow. I'm going to vote for eyebrows. Arm. Eyebrows. <laughs> what the no. eyebrows? I need to work, man. You got glasses. You yeah. just attach a little fake fuzzy to the top of your oh, rim. I like to help you today. No, just attach a sh- your your eyebrows are right at the top of your rim of your glasses. <laughs> attach a little fake fuzzy to the top of your rims. <laughs> Nobody will know the difference. They'll think yeah, you, until I go like this. Like, just don't do that. They just won't be able to tell when you're making expressions. <laughs> like your I mouth's really doing something, this. but I can't tell what your face is doing. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, no, we're on Spotify. Search Grolix. That's G R A W L I X. Grolic Cinematic Universe on Spotify, you'll be able to find us and you can subscribe to us on our own. Uh, same with iTunes. We're also on iTunes on our own. Or if you like movies and comic books too. Because honestly, typically on Grolic's podcast, we will do 
normally an episode of TV and an episode of comics. And then, of course, we do movies on this show. So if you subscribe to Grolix, you'll get both shows. Just saying. Do both. Do both. Download double GCUs. Help us. Listen to them. Listen to each one off each feed. Bump up those numbers. Shave Jasper. Save Grolix. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> you want to save Grolix, you're going to shave Jasper. Grolix oh, doesn't need Lord. to be saved. Jasper might need to be shaved, though. <laughs> this is a weird bit out of nowhere. Yeah. It's a weird bit. Also, hey, I'm Randall. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Randall. And you can follow me <laughs> at Randall. That's R-A-N-D-A-L Sylvie. S-I-L-V-E-Y. Or go to RandallSylvie.com or PodEdit.com. Or GrawlixPodcast.com if you want to hear more of the show. And you're like, why would I go to your website? Huh? <laughs> How about you, Jasper? Where <laughs> can they go to vote to shave Jasper? <laughs> well, you could go nowhere for that. Um, you can you, find me at Twitter you, at Caronzo Media. If you want to shave him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hashtag shave Jasper. Which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O Media, which is M-E-D-I-A. And uh, yeah. On Twitter, T W I T T E R. Wow, yeah, yeah, it is. T H A N K Y O U F O R L I S T E N I N G. Why did we do this at the end? I don't know. We always. Okay, correction. Why do I do this at the end? Sorry. <laughs> That's a good question. How do you put up with this? Slowly. <laughs> All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Barely. It's only because my pants are smoother than yours. They're not as loud. Sorry. I'm going to sit on them now. Sit on your fucking hands. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just start fucking moving. Next time you you come over to record, I'm going to have a special chair. And it's basically going to be like an upright dentist chair with chains and on it. So you can't move. Or I'm going to bring a fidget spinner. Apparently I need those.